is time to tune up the band. And at last, you're on your own. For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hi, chaps. How you doing? I'm good. I had to quote Christian's second best theme that he ever had in his career. Yeah, it's 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 a shout. I mean, we'll get to the, we'll get to the themes anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we are now back. I am now officially one year older, and none the wiser. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I am well, none the wiser. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, as a wise man once said, then the sun stays the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of Beth. Children of Refn, one day close to death. Yep. But you know Trust what also me. another wise man said? Pimping ain't that? easy. Wait. That is true. <laughs> Are there any hoes in this house? <laughs> um, no, I I have just had people constantly reminding me that I am now officially closer to 30 than I am 20. <laughs> oh, just so, until you reach 30. Yeah, I know. So... <laughs> I've I've been I've been having the joy of that. Um, but Are you hey, all right, Dad? <laughs> trust me, I'm fine. I promise. <laughs> I'm I'm glad to hear it, honestly. So, um, we were talk in terms of where like what's been happening the past week. We were way off about our predictions for WrestleMania, especially the main event, weren't we? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Tur- turn- turns out we're still doing this. <laughs> but hey, who knew that fucking Vince would be able to? Actually, no. I think it was quite inevitable that Vince would be able to backdoor his way back into the championship. Oh, it was one of those things that we were all like, "Yeah, we don't want this to happen, but it probably will," and it did. So, and then we all got to bear capitalism or something. I don't know. We all got to bear witness to the terrible die job that he's had as well. <laughs> got to bear witness to, like, libertarian fucking um, Gomez Adams. <laughs> oh, Caramia? <laughs> like... No, that would be um, the former... That would be the former Linda McMahon, now known as Linda Ellaby. <laughs> um, like... I mean, I have to say... Everyone out there that's done a Mr. House edit <laughs> of Vince, tremendous work. <laughs> Anyone who's edited Vince to look like Andrew Ryan, I applaud you as well. Yeah, also tremendous work. Like this is this is what's needed out here. Um, but yeah, we were way off about WrestleMania, probably just because we assumed it couldn't be as Gonzo as that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. And, was, and, and, and and on the plus on the plus side, at least we're actually getting a Wembley show with AEW, eh? Yep, yep, yep. Everyone's gonna be there. And everyone thought it was gonna be Craven Cottage. Yeah, Tony was like, nah, I'm going big. So I mean, realistically, if they sell half the stadium, they're good. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. But as I said, being wrestling fans, they are in this country. They can be a little bit insane. So, I wouldn't. Be, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they hit near capacity. 
but we'll yeah. see. Literally, my only issue with this is that it's in Wembley. <laughs> it's, no, no exactly. exactly. And that will sound like a stupid thing, because people like Wembley Stadium, super prestigious. Absolute ball late to travel to. <sighs> it is the worst stadium to get to in the entirety of this country. It is... It is essential. It is a masterpiece. It is god awful on the trains. I'm telling you, if this goes like any British wrestling show and overruns even slightly, no one's getting home. Nope. <laughs> Bakerloo line. Good lord. Your, so your hopes are your hopes are lying on the Bakerloo and the Metropolitan line. So basically, what you're trying to tell us, Dad, is that we should go about in the semi-main event, should. <laughs> Once the main event hits 15 minutes, then you just got to dip. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God, if anyone has decided to have a prolonged promo, I am throwing trash at them. Yes, for, even from the nosebleed section, I am throwing trash at them. You just like get, a, you just pick up a chair and then just throw it like a paper aeroplane. <laughs> So, yes, if you do see a paper aeroplane, that came from either myself, Dan, Reard, and Cass, Matt, or Chair. <laughs> we're going to get the 15-minute QT Marshall promo. Oh, no, don't, 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 you, don't you go saying that. Dude, everyone should be like, shut up. <laughs> now you've completely jinxed it for all of us. But you can get your pre-sale tickets on the 5th of May. <laughs> <laughs> But we, I will see if we get successful on that. Anyway, we will give you, we give you, I should say, this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. You know, guys, like Christian, pending for his spotlight, we will always be pending, and always will be, just always. No matter what, no matter how long it takes, or who else really gets the nod. I like that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, before we get onto our episode all about Christian Cage, aka Christian, aka Ricky from Dark Rising, uh, <laughs> it is time to visit Dan for this week's Wrestling News. Dun 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 dun. Wrestling News. Only one yeah. news story this week. <laughs> Let's get into the big news story. Apparently, there are rumors that CM Punk is nearing a return to AEW and that he has been open to many different ideas on how he can return. Um, the main one going right now is the AEW or the new AEW show Collision, which I believe is on Saturdays. That would be like his show to appear on. Of which I really just have to say, just not having him on Dynamite is stupid like guys just you if you think that you can't mend the bridges there is a way you can mend the bridge money that's it that's like, it literally, literally the bag cures all in wrestling <laughs> they got bret hart back on wwe for god's sake like we're about... let's not stand on ceremony here we have a big pile of money like, obviously the big thing is like, hey, he'll be really good for getting eyes on that show. And I understand that. But also, like, 
at this point, everyone's just expecting something. So you might as well give the people su- su- what they want to some degree. At the same time, I've got to ask this question now. If you want, if, if this is all to split the rosters, what the fuck was buying Ring of Honor for? <laughs> don't worry cannot... about it. It's I... actually split into three parts. <laughs> please, please don't split the roster. Please. It's been very nice. Don't do it. I, I, I prefer the idea that anyone can appear anywhere at any time. Yes, it's a better idea. The, especially the, better, for AEW. the rotation of talent, I think, is really given. I would say has been, a lot of people would say would be a detriment. I've seen it more to be kind of like a, a a nice change because you're not getting bored of the same person over and over. You're getting a good yeah, like, like I'm getting not getting lots of people in that main event spot for Dynamite and Rampage, which is really cool to see. I mean, I think if it weren't for the the way it is now. Uh, even with the roster as huge as it is, I don't think Daniel Garcia or Konosuke Takeshita would ever really, ever really have gotten those main event spots were it not for that. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. It's at like... The, mm, at the same time, though, it's just... Yeah. He's creating more problems than there need to be. Mr. Well, yeah, this is like I said to you guys earlier. It's just like at this point, it's not even about burning bridges. CM Punk's just setting himself on fire. <laughs> it's Return of the King all over again. Like, like that 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 seems to be where, um, like where where we are with things. But um. No, like, obviously, that people are going to have expectations. And part of it is going to be, like, we can't, you, you know, you can't keep people separate forever. Mm-hmm. Because, like, let's just say they do run it that way, right? Let's just say that CM Punk and FTR get really, really popular on that collision show, and then Kenny Omega and the Bucks get really popular on Dynamite. Eventually, people are just going to say, look, just, just get them together. Yeah. Tony, use your HR department. I'm yeah. sure you got one, right? <laughs> and just hammer out some terms. Yeah. Also, like on a separate thing, if you can find a way to have Jeff Hardy be back in your company, I feel like I feel like there's some leeway to CM Punk. Yeah. Mm. Now I know that's not a completely hyperfine comparison because it isn't, but like in terms of, in terms of the matter of like okay, well we've got this person coming back, so how how are we gonna do this, right? Just figure something out, or just be there and say, no, look, we can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you failed. <laughs> Especially when it's not explicitly your fault. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally like it. It's either it's either be an adult, be an adult, or just don't come to the company. It's that simple. Yeah, like I love CM Punk. Obviously, the man is what thirty eight. He's forty four. You are forty four years old. Just enough is enough. I do. He is the type of person that strikes me as having an incredibly short fuse. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 like that much seems abundantly clear. Um, but it's like if I if I say it as I feel like he is a person who lives too much in his own head for his own good. Not that I know him, but. Like it just—it just seems like whenever something happens, just immediately it just gets taken personally. I mean, there's that Hornswoggle story that I have mentioned once here. Yeah, but it's like that—that that, that still blows my mind about that. But at the same time, the more you hear, the more you realize actually no, it's kind of, kind of, kind of consistent with with punk's behavior sometimes. <laughs> You know that's just that's just the that's just the thing, and he, and it's the same thing. It's like I, I've gone back so many times on it. There is nothing abhorrently horrid or horrible or offensive that Hangman Page said during like that you promo. Can be, you can you can be there and say, oh, he said something that was out of pocket, but like, but the reaction but, I don't think warranted what was said in in, yeah. in a certain degree. How 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 you respond to that is a very different thing. Exactly, exactly. Oh well, drink lime juice and eat cupcakes and <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, all we can do is just go to Wembley. Unfortunately, that's it. Exactly, that's it. pretty much. Exactly. Because even the dumbest person with the shortest fuse could even could even see that they're losing money on the table if they don't if they don't let bygones be bygones for just one day. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. We're we're British. We don't mind. <laughs> we have a we have a rich history of getting into fights and then being absolutely fine with someone afterwards. Honestly, that's honestly that's how you make friends. Frankly, <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, that is that that is for true. <laughs> But hey, it's it's been a very interesting week in terms of the. Uh, it's weird in terms of the discourse that's been around it, where we've seen a lot of people kind of uh, poking the bear, stoking the flames of the fire in a sense as well about all of this. It's it's been funny to see, really. Yeah, because <laughs> then you start to realise it's just like. As much as we love, as much as we want to say it, and we keep saying it to loads of people, this tribalism is never going to kind of die down, is it? Oh no, it's never, it's never going to. But as as we've said before, like it's it's fueled by this weird environment that's been created. Mm. Yeah, and if it if it wasn't for the fact that like. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that we had to see one company dominate the landscape so heavily for one period of time, yeah. Um, then you know, probably wouldn't be going through this. But for some reason, people just get so fucking aggressive <laughs> about about these things. It's like, what 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 do we? What are we achieving here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. In other news, I guess we're getting Brock Lesnar versus Cody. 
I guess apparently. But then also, there's the whole thing about isn't this meant to be for like who gets a challenge for the title? It's not been directly stated. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, I thought that was the case because I saw a bunch of people being like, "Oh, but Brock Lesnar can't challenge for the title while Roman has it. So what's the point?" <laughs> that's what I heard people saying. I don't know. I haven't kept up with WWE. <laughs> Who has? No, uh, <laughs> not me. <laughs> oh, uh, there's that. There's Trish Stratus turning heel on Becky Lynch. Which I'm not even going to question it. No, yeah. Cool seeing... It's cool seeing that. It's cool to see heel Trish once more if it leads to a SummerSlam encounter. Awesome. Looking forward to seeing that match. Probably going to be an absolute banger of a match, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. My my reaction is like, heel Trish status? I mean, why not? But also, if Trish keeps on retiring, she's, she's slowly... She's slowly... Edging into Terry Funk territory. Trish Stratus is Terry Funk? I'm all here for <laughs> Trishy Funk. Trishy Funk. Uh, also, the rumour coming around that the Money in the Bank winner very much looks to be, at the moment, LA Knight. Yeah. Huh? At the O2 Arena as well. I'm not gonna... Thing is, if LA Knight wins at the O2 in London, I'm not going to be mad because it's just going to be a bunch of people from the UK just screaming, yeah! <laughs> that will be the worst tube ride anyone has to make if they are not a wrestling fan. Oh yeah, going off to North Greenwich, just hearing on the Jubilee line, yeah! 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 yeah. So I, I wouldn't be mad if they did put if they did put the case on him. I'd say it's actually a really good decision if you ask me. It's a good decision. I'm not going to debate that one bit. I mean, if it was Drew, it makes sense. If it were Drew, considering well, it, know, se- it, se- well, it seems like it seems like he might be disappearing. So, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looks like the contract negotiations may not have worked out, and Drew might actually be going. So. Maybe he knew something about uh, knew something we all didn't about this endeavor uh, merger. <laughs> oh gosh! Right. Apart from that, there's pretty much not much that's gone on. Oh, we did see Sting in a bomber jacket. Love that. Absolutely love that. Sting a- with the fit. Absolutely demolishing MJF on the mic. Hey, Stinger does what Stinger likes. Exactly. And Jeff Hardy, of course, made his return to the company. Um, here's the thing about what I've always said. Um, I love Jeff. It's no, there's no surprise that we all, as a wrestling collective, I think we love Jeff. But I think we're all, I think also we're all in agreement that this needs to be his his last, and I mean this last full stop chance. There was the. Um... I can't remember who said it, but it was like, um, Jeff seems like a really good guy, but that is just repeatedly plagued by issues, and that is why I want to keep him away from wrestling. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. that. that's literally it. <laughs> it's not a bad yeah. reason. It's like, we don't want Jeff to be there, and it's not that Jeff's, you know, Jeff's terrible or anything. It's just... We just want him to be fucking well. Yeah. That's literally it. 
so much. And, but yeah, that's terms of news-wise. That's kind of what's been going on in the world without going really in-depth with stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Can't really say much other than that. There was a... I mean, in terms of other stuff in AEW, Orange Cassidy had a terrific AEW international title match. Um, Ring of Honor saw... Alex Coughlin and Katsuyori Shibata facing off against the Workhorsemen in an absolute like a banger uh, that was an of a match. <laughs> it's not like it was like it's not like greatest tag team match of all time thing, but it's the sort of thing that makes you go, yeah, I fucking love these guys. Shibata just like he just is is the only way I can describe it. Like he just he just does his thing and it's it's awesome, even though it's nothing like it doesn't seem like anything spectacular. Mm. Like, he is just so good at what he does. And apparently he's setting up for Shabata Coughlin, which should be an absolute hitter. Oh, that's going to be amazing, that match. <laughs> oh, gosh. It still feels weird that I have such a... that I have an indirect... I have an indirect connection now to Ring of Honor. It feels really weird to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but hey-ho... Uh, but hey, that is terms of kind of like what I have down. Is there anything else news-wise that you, that you can think of, Dan, that happened this week? Nope, I think that's it. Lovely stuff. Ridden, it's time for Recommendation Corner. What have you got for us this time around? Okay, so I just realised and just remembered that I do have something very important to recommend. Something very, that sounds really cool. So I got two things. One, I will be recommending John Wick Chapter 4. John Wick has nunchucks in it. It's great. Oh my god! It is. It, oh, it and it's just as brutal as you can imagine. It's it's good. It's good stuff. Um, but I actually have something actually more pressing. Uh, I want to acknowledge a book that is coming out, Ooh. which I have heard nothing but good things on. I just stumbled upon it on my Twitter. And it sounds absolutely fantastic. It hasn't been released yet. It's going to be released on the 22nd of June. And it is Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmaking of America. Ah, I've now. heard about this, yeah. Ah, you've heard about it, yes. Which is, which is calling itself the definitive biography of Vince McMahon. Charting his rise from rural po poverty to the throne of one of the world's most influential media empires. It has interviews with apparently more than 150 people. And of course, with the with the tagline, the art making of America, gets into his um, very close relationship with Donald Trump. So yeah. ev everything I've ever everything I've heard about it, it sounds absolutely fantastic. It's by um, Abraham Josephine, uh, I want to say Reisman. Apologies if I'm getting that wrong. And uh, and also, like, as a slight little sidebar, apparently she also did True Believer, The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee, which I probably will read. Oh, that, sounds, that sounds like a really good book. Mm. I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, I, I say that with such kind of like, uh, with such glee when knowing that there's probably going to be Cool, there's probably going to be a lot of stuff that is a lot left to be desired, isn't it? Yeah, but this one is kind of like, I kind of know what I'm getting into with it, mm. but I still, wanna, I still want to definitely give it a read. What, can, what became of poor Vinnie Lupton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
yeah, with that, we are on to our main portion of the episode. It's about time after so long that we did the Edge retrospective that we finally talk about Christian Cage. I oh, feel yeah. like so, it's strange because I feel like we've talked about him a lot, but consider considering he was such a focal point for the TNA retrospective. <laughs> he was. So, yeah. it, it, it's a strange one. So, I guess the first question is, guys, why do we like Christian so much? Oh, man. There's all... In, in terms of a duo, in terms of almost anything, I'm trying to think of an example, but I can't really think of one. Mm. But in terms of, like, a duo act, there's always that fascination on the other one, which... Unfortunately, in like in terms of popular culture, I think we can all agree Christian is the other one of Edge and Christian. But he's no Marty Jannetty. That's so no, he's it. not. He's not the Marty Jannetty. But he's, he's not Marty Jannetty. Like, uh... I know this. I know this. Like I know there's a music description, but I can't think of it off the top of my okay. head. Okay, hear, hear, hear me out here. Mm-hmm. He is the Art Garfunkel of Simon and Garfunkel. I want to do that, but apart- but from everything I've ever learned, Garfunkel literally had just was just there. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Well, that uh, that really puts a yeah um, a block in my thing. Yeah. But there's always that. It's like in, in like, but in terms of like bands and stuff, there's always the other one, and you're always kind of like. And whenever the solo thing goes on, and you look at their stuff, they're always doing the weirdest shit. Christian is that guy. Early yeah. he is to me. I, I, I think, think for, so far for, on that one. It's <laughs> I think for me, I my thing with Christian has always been, um, as as much as I like Edge, Edge mm-hmm. is good at a certain thing. Mm-hmm. But I always really liked Christian because. If there's one thing Christian can do really well, it's be really fucking smarmy. <laughs> and I love that shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I think for me, it's 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 a classic tale in, in, in terms of wrestling of a guy who was never meant to be successful. He was there simply as a platform to see the other person succeed, but through sheer perseverance was able to carve out a successful career. Do you really think that for Christian? Because here's the thing, and even he's gone out and said this, he really wasn't, he really wasn't meant at the beginning to be kind of like uh, a huge kind of like part of the brood. It was basically a platform for Edge. It was the thing of like, well, if we sign his friend, then he'll be more likely to join us. Right. And through sheer kind of a lot of that, as well as a lot of bullshit that he had to endure in WWE, which we'll get into, I think a career through sheer perseverance as well as just being a great character as well. Like he had, he yes. does have charisma up the wazoo. I think just carved an amazing career for oneself. Okay, alright, Sam, hear me out on this one. Um, Christian is 
if if Edge is Jack White, then Christian is Meg White. That's it. That's, That's it. it. That's it. You're right. Ah, oh, why didn't I think? Of, why didn't I think of them? Yeah. You're right. That's it. That's 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 right. That's, yeah, that's, that's it. That's your, you are so right. This is a whole separate side thing. If anyone ever comes to you and says that they think that Meg White is a bad drummer, do not listen to their musical opinions. Okay, continue. Thank Meg you. White is a Meg Meg White is is the perfect drummer for that band. We are all Meg White stands on this podcast. Yes, you, you I, damn right. I will. <laughs> you like, damn right. Like. Do, do I need to recommend that polyphonic video again? Do I need to do that? Is that it? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Should, I, should, we, should we begin right at the beginning as we do with these retrospectives? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Awesome. Born William Jason Riso in Kitchener, Ontario in November 1973, Jay Riso was the son of Canadian mother Carol and his American father, Randy Riso, which I think is just like, that's the most like, like amazing wrestler, not but actually not a wrestler. Then, <laughs> yeah, that that guy sounds like a speed racer villain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're so right. <laughs> should it should come to you, chaps? There's no surprise, as we like to always talk about certain Canadians on retrospectives. He grew up playing ice hockey. <laughs> hey. Oh my god! What a surprise. I was going to say hi, alive, but I thought that would just be too much of a swell. <laughs> a Canadian playing ice hockey, I never would have guessed. What are the chances? What are the odds? <laughs> and of course, was a massive wrestling fan as a child. Um, he would he would uh, eventually move to the Huntsville area of... Uh, what was it? Um... Just outside of Toronto, just just so just okay. outside of uh, like the North Bayish area, the six something I don't know. <laughs> Before eventually moving to Orangeville, Ontario, where he met lifelong friend Adam Copeland, and basically, aka he... Edge, but not the Edge from U two. <laughs> Something that made... always always confused the shit out yeah. of me, kids. <laughs> So basically, they literally hit it off right off the bat and became joined at the hip as soon as they attended high school together, and would uh, would most of their time would be spent at each other's houses watching WWF and eventually just reenacting certain match spots and matches from Saturday night's main event and from superstars, just having in the living room or in the basement with mattresses on the floor performing scoop slams, as <laughs> every drops. cultured uh, young person has done. There is a, a very iconic picture of a young Edge and Christian where uh, where Edge has got Christian up in a, in a scoop slab position and like Edge has got the biggest shitty grin on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do that, I actually just want to try and see if I can find it. Because uh, <laughs> it actually is quite an iconic picture. I found a collage of of, of these guys. That has that one picture on there, so let me just grab that for you. There you are. There we go. Oh, they look so adorable together. (laughs) Don't they just? (laughs) Oh, it's beautiful. Anyway... 
they pretty much had their hearts set on becoming professional wrestlers. Of course, the famous story with Edge is that he, he attended WrestleMania 6 and was about... I think it was like on the 12th row. And he, if you, there is a crowd panning shot, uh, you can see young Adam Copeland in the audience. But as I said, we've gone over that in the Edge retrospective. Uh, these guys, yeah, after high school, it was pretty darn clear what they would end up doing. They wanted to become professional wrestlers. And so in September of 1994, both he and Edge would enroll in a wrestling school run by the wrestler Ron Hutchinson at Sully's Gym. Now, Ron Hutchinson is probably what most well-known around the Canadian circuit, most notably, most notably for his time in Grand Prix Wrestling and Maple uh, Leaf Wrestling. Especially, uh, but there is a little kind of stint that he did make in the mid-1980s as well. So, uh, a very well-known, respected name in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, he trained, not only did he train Edge and Christian, he also trained Trish Stratus, Gal Kim, Beth Phoenix, Johnny Swinger, uh, Joey Legend, Tiger Ali. See, yeah, it goes downhill quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but would you believe me as well that he was also the head trainer? This is the thing that makes me laugh so much. He was the head trainer for Carmen Electra's Naked Women's Wrestling League. Hang on. Now, now you've said a bunch of words that individually I know. But all together in that way mean nothing to me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I can't believe you just said that sentence and we have to breeze past it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is there going to be a Pokedex entry for the Naked Women's Wrestling League? Uh, no. no. Do we no. want a Pokedex Carmen Electra? <laughs> Thank God. Would you believe as well, during this as well, that Jimmy... Hart was also one of the managers and commentators for this. Oh, because of course he was. Oh of my god. Oh, incredible. No notes. <laughs> oh. Jimmy Hart, this fucking megaphone. <laughs> Do it again! <laughs> Tony Khan buys out Carmen Electra's Naked Women's Wrestling League. You heard it. <laughs> what was it? Was it Women's Extreme Wrestling or something like that? That. Like briefly colonize the fucking ECW arena. Yes, it was indeed. Yeah, that fucking crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's that little offshoot. <laughs> so trained by Ron Hutchison. Cool. Established name in Canadian wrestling. Great place to go to to start out in Canada. So, would you guys like to know a little fact about his actual ring name, Christian Cage? Yeah. So, it's pretty damn obvious what I tell you, but he got the name Christian Cage from looking at a uh, a, uh, a scheduling on a TV. I think it was on a TV guide, or basically he just saw the names of Christian Slater and Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that tracks. And slapped them together. <laughs> that, that's absolutely tracks. To be fair, though, in terms of making it work. Christian Cage is pretty awesome. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But now I'm picturing a fusion dance version of Christian Slater and Nicholas Cage. I think that's what hell looks like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of it now. I don't like I can't unsee it. That hairline would be yeah, right at the back <laughs> right on the way back. <laughs> I'm talking like you thought Vegeta's was back. <laughs> 
Well, no, Vegeta's got the McDonald's hairline. <laughs> so, all about this. Ke- uh, Christian would make his uh, in-ring debut in June 1995 at a Canadian house show in Sully's Gym, where he would take on Zack Wilde, who you may know a little bit better as American Gladiator. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you don't mean uh, former guitarist for Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could say that, but unfortunately I can't. But through this time, he would end up occasionally fighting, uh, basically with Zach, with Joe E. Legend, Rhino Richards, who would of course we know of course as Rhino, and. Adam Copeland, who who built who was built under the name Sexton Hardcastle. <laughs> now, look, right. Whenever this name comes up, <laughs> we always take a moment to talk about it. But as names fucking go, fucking incredible name, <laughs> incredible name. It is so bad, it's good. Yeah, it wraps around to being just absolutely inspired. <laughs> These guys, of course, would go around up and around the Canadian territory for quite a while, and in 1997, all of them would form a stable. I kid you not. Yes, called... I, we've we've spoken about this before. Yes, but called let's go Thug again. Life. <laughs> Just you know, what, what can I even say? Thug, thug Life Rhino. <laughs> what can I even <laughs> say? <laughs> I want to see. Fog Life Rhino, like like ECW Rhino in Fog yeah, Life. Yeah, just straight up ECW Rhino doing a Fog Life gimmick. Basically, every other sentence coming out of Rhino's mouth is a swear. <laughs> and of course, we've gone over with the Edge retrospective that, of course, uh, Edge and Christian would, of course, tag within the Canadian circuit. Uh, under a couple of names. First one was High Impact. Yeah. Later, they would be known as the Suicide Blondes. And eventually, through this time, they would begin holding titles in numerous pr- promotions and touring the US and even J- a couple of dates in Japan. So, now I'll be here at the moment. Yes. <clears throat> Their most. <clears throat> Christian, at this time, his most uh, recognizable, most notable title win would be when he won the East Coast Wrestling Association Heavyweight Championship in 1998. He held that title all the way until 1999. Yes, even during, even though he was still at this that time, he was contracted with the WWF, he still was able to uh, take bookings for the East Coast Wrestling Association. So, when Edge went to receive that tryout match for the WWF... He, Christian decided to tag along. Just, why not? Just go, see what happens there for the tryout. And just so happened, in a spur of really good luck, Edge's tryout match was uh, was against Christian. Because they couldn't find oh, another yeah. opponent for him in the back. So they said, can you wrestle? I said, yeah. He said, alright, you go out there with him. <laughs> it's a thing of like, ah, alright, um, opponent's not here. Hey, do you know how to do anything? All right, cool. Let's go. <laughs> and so after that, once um, he was given a, a developmental contract, Edge then put in a good word for Christian, and 
That, in turn, got Christian invited to Dory Funk's uh, training camp, which was affiliated with the WWF. Uh, which, I mean, you hear the story of Dory Funk. He trained everyone and anyone and everyone. As a matter of fact, he was the guy that gave Kurt Angle uh, all of the tools of the trade that he knew. Um, but yeah, um, after that, he was given a developmental contract. Um, actually, no. He actually kind of, no. I forget, forgive me for that, because I was thinking I was thinking of Edge. He was actually given a full-blown contract <laughs> to go on to the straight to the main roster. <laughs> because... Here's where we go to. We get to the brood. And it's kind of like how he kind of like jumped. He kind of leapfrogged over the developmental system because, well, we've talked about it a little bit of the time but when, it, when it comes to the brood and Grand Grell in Edge's retrospective. Edge, even though he was being given this push and he was kind of being given kind of like the plaudits straight out of the gate of his debut... A lot of people in the back didn't think that he could do it on his own or felt like he needed something more there to him. So that's when uh, he was eventually, you know, uh, like right, had a rivalry with Gangrel, which of course would then turn into an allegiance, but also would see the debut of Christian. He would make his television debut as a heel at the Breakdown In Your House pay-per-view in September of '98 distracting Edge during his match against Owen Hart, to then, of course, revealing his allegiance to Gangrel. The only thing I remember this, from this is that Christian had a massive spotlight on him as he was sitting in the bleach. <laughs> <laughs> like Sting style. <laughs> I was going to say, they gave him the Sting spot. Exactly. Man, it really is a tragedy that they just couldn't get Gangrel right. It's a tragedy. Well, the thing is, the thing with Gangrel, though, is that everything was fine until he spoke. (laughs) Which was such a shame. We'll get to that promo. Oh, Cubs, we'll get into that promo. So, yes, uh, Christian was given the gimmick of a vampire and would form an allegiance with uh, Gangrel and eventually, much, much begrudgingly, with Edge, who was a loner, but also could possibly be a vampire. It was never really given... A reasoning as to why what Edge exactly was. Like he was a loner. He was like a like a like a like a a loner with a short fuse. Like as if you saw in the vignettes uh, leading up to his debut. But it was ne- it was kind of like he's not a vampire, but Gangrel and Christian are. <laughs> oh, he's by a the rebel way, brothers. <laughs> Let's not forget that in kayfabe they are still brothers. <laughs> Look right, it it's convoluted vampire lore. Exactly. Exactly. Of course, this would lead to them forming an alliance with the Ministry of Darkness. But um, I, I was upon um briefly feuding with them, eventually joining them, and in 1999, they were part of the. Uh, they were part of the team that were uh, trying to abduct Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> yes, there is that part of it. Now, apart from Ken, Sh- there was one episode of Raw where Ken Shamrock was able to get the information out of Christian by beating the ever-loving piss out of him. But because that Christian revealed the location of Stephanie McMahon, the Undertaker punished Christian by flogging him, like. Literally full on flogging him. This is the this is the thing, like 
How how do you explain that? Vince Russo. Ah. Uh. Yeah, but even beyond that, it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, I was watching Raw this week and some dude was just getting flogged. <laughs> As he was chanting, Asa Timbale. <laughs> Asa Timbale. <laughs> this made it, but this uh, Gangro and Edge would come into the, come in for the save, betraying Undertaker eventually, re- and eventually rescuing Christian from, uh, from sacrifice. <laughs> you know, Midian style. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, this would lead to them and that unfortunate and that unfortunate promo on the very first SmackDown, where Gangrel, uh, Adrian Christian were interviewed by Michael Hayes, and they made Gangrel talk. Yeah, and poor guy it was, was so nervous. From there, poor guy was so nervous that he was stumbling all over his lines the whole time. And it was such a shame to see it. And then, of course, when it came to Christian, Christian had the mic to his face, didn't say anything, and then just walked up. <laughs> and, of course, with Edge, it's because the freaks come out at night. <laughs> I love... I very, In a way, though, I like to think of Christian's one as just a mad power move, just to be there, put the mic up to your mouth, say nothing, and then walk away. Yeah, no... <laughs> so of course late 1999 christian and edge would part ways with gangrel who himself would associate him with the hardy boys to be cut to form the new brood because it worked so well the first time <laughs> and this would lead of course the very very well known famous ladder match at no mercy 1999 uh, for the chance to win a cool $100,000 and the managerial services of Terry Ruddles. <laughs> this is when, I swear, people then, they're like, oh man, like the Attitude Era was so good. <laughs> $100,000 and the services of Terry Ruddles. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? So this is where I start to tread a little bit more familiar ground. As I said, again, this all comes back to the uh, the Edge retrospective, where we've talked about the, the 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 I guess the holy trinity of tag team wrestling in the WWF yeah. at that time of E and C, the Dudleys and the Hardys. I mean, three years into this, chaps, we've talked about these like matches so much at this point. What's there left to say about like the, the these the, the TLC matches? <laughs> There's nothing left to say other than the fact of they are all incredible and WWE has basically only been able to replicate that energy once and then never capitalized on it again. I mean, to be fair to them, anyone who try it's it's anyone who tries to might die. So mm. I can't really begrudge them too much. <laughs> but I will say this in terms of uh, who was getting like massive kind of like pushes during this time. E and C were on the top of the mountain. Oh yeah, they were they division. were uh, massive, even though they weren't necessarily the fan favorites. Mm. But they were shown consistently to be like the dudes, and and fair and and, and rightly so, if you ask me. I mean, let's talk oh, about yeah. E and C at this time. The flash photography gimmick, which I fucking adore to this day. Always incredible. The five-second pose, which you can definitely tell was them and no one else who came up. With oh yeah, that. yeah, that oh, was def- that was definitely their bit. 
And then during this time as well, can I just say, the person who decided to align Agent Christian with Kurt Angle is a is a genius. There's a star move right there. <laughs> of course, the, that that tri- that trio would end up feuding uh, for the longest time with Rikishi and Too Cool. <laughs> Say what you will, they did have some really good matches, so I can't say that... No, they did, they did. And actually did see Too Cool winning the tag titles at one point. (laughs) So, yeah, this is, uh, like, 2001, like, like 2000-2001 was the absolute zenith, I think, for Edge and Christian. Um, And so it's kind of, like, through that, it's like, well, the question is, do you split these two up? And if so, how in the blue blazes can you split these two up? And I think the way they went about it, I think was probably as good as they could possibly have done it. And it all centered around the 2001 King of the Ring. Now, of course, during uh, they shortly before the tournament, they had lost the tag team titles on that amazing banger of a TLC match on SmackDown. Yeah. Go back and watch it. The fact that you got a TLC match on SmackDown is crazy to think about. But after that, Edge entered himself into the 2001 King of the Ring, eventually going all the way, beating Kurt Angle to become the winner. Yes, this is the same King of the Ring which saw Kurt beat Christian in the semis, have that absolute huge street fight match with Shane McMahon. And then go on, and of course have the finals with flipping with with Edge. That man, that, in total, <laughs> I think worked nearly forty minutes f- during that pay per view. That's because Kurt was built different. Oh, th- yeah, this yeah, this is year in. This is just less than a year in Kurt Ag. <laughs> I I I also can't necessarily confirm nor deny how much the perk thirty was helping out, but. True, true. Probably true. quite a lot. <laughs> now, of course, during this time, instead of getting a crown and a cake, Edge received the King of the Ring Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's Canadian. It counts, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And would see these two become baby faces, with Christian kind of polishing the championship and holding it in celebration for his brother. And of course, you saw the seeds of dissent sowing very, very slowly. With both of them, of course, with the invasion storyline coming up, we had no choice but to split these two up. And Christian would attack Edge with the Stanley Cup. And thus, the split was made. Don't you know Christian Cage, a well-established WCW, ECW alum? No, we don't talk about that. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) Dan, stop it. <laughs> Remember, they could have bought out all the contracts, but Vince had to go and make a football league. <laughs> of course, this would set up the storyline of Christian and Edge for a few months feuding over the Intercontinental Championship. Well, at least it gave them something to do during this storyline, let's be honest. Because they could have easily have got lost in the shuffle with everything that was going on. Like, 
so many people did get lost during the invasion. <laughs> many, many did. <laughs> but with this though, it did give him, it did give Christian his second greatest theme song ever. The operatic Queen-esque, dare I say, at last. It is a, it is a strong pick. So, with this, before we get back into the things, Chaps, your top three Christian themes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is going to be uh, a controversial one. Number one is the uh, is the TNA theme. Yes, the, I'm with you. The the knock what I call knockoff Evanescence. <laughs> it's it's uh, my last breath without the lyrics. Yeah, pretty much. Um, TNA at that time were getting away with absolute copyright murder. Um, then, uh, then at the two, uh, can I have the, like, the first version of Close Your Eyes? Yes. Uh, and then at the three, can I have the, the revived version of it? Oh, controversial. You know what? You know what? I'm with Dan on that. Actually, that's my list, basically. You have to remember that I agree with Chair on these things, so yeah. the ECW 2009 bias goes crazy. <laughs> not Todd Grisham. You're not popping for Todd Grisham, but we'll get to Todd Grisham, actually. No, no. No, I would. I thing is, I would put at last at number two, and just close the original. Just close your eyes at number three. I pr yeah. I say that purely because I, I don't know. It's just because that brief period of time, Christian was actually fucking really over. Mm hmm. Have to the say. AEW theme isn't bad either, but it, I I don't feel like it's grown on me yet. Hmm. Hmm. So. We get to the Un-Americans. These times during 2002, where he would uh, he would align himself with Lance Storm, <laughs> Test, and William Regal to form the Un-Americans. What I love about it is it's just I'm fairly sure that's just three Canadians plus one British person. <laughs> yes, they would yep. come to the ring with American flags upside down. No, that that's that's good heat. That's Christian good heat. begin throwing temper tantrums, like flailing around the uh, on the floor, like when he did when he didn't get his own way. Yes, <laughs> I I very distinctly remember that from um, I think it was was it Day of Reckoning and Shut Your Mouth, <laughs> where 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 they had that taunt, and I was always just like this this feels weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, during this time he did have a pretty damn good match for the European Championship at WrestleMania 18, uh, losing it to Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, he did. Shout out to the uh, European Championship episode. Exactly, exactly. I love that the that the whole the onus of this was that uh, for Lance and Christian especially that uh, that the company and America had a prejudice against Canadians. I would constantly bring up the Montreal screw job as an example. <laughs> because that's what it really was about. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it was about the company not liking Canadians. That's kind of inspired. 
And just, and of course, the most infamous moment, just as they were about to burn the American flag, who should interrupt them but the most American person of all time? Kane? What? <laughs> what? They, they, they were ahead of their time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. <laughs> they they were they were they were ahead of their time. They hadn't predicted libertarian cane yet because, as we all know, libertarians love def love defending state flags. Don't worry about it. This is incompletely consistent anyway. <laughs> so, this brings us, of course, from, from the closing of that chapter. This brings us to his team and eventual feud with Chris Jericho. Unofficially, I would say they called themselves the Sexy Beasts. But they were the, believe it or not, this was during, the, of course, the reign of terror of Triple H, where the tag yeah. team titles and the World Heavyweight Championship were the only titles on Raw. And thank God that Christian and Jericho were there, at very least, keeping the titles. To at least do something interesting. <laughs> but they did have some, for me, they were the, the smarmy, shit-eating heels the entire time, and it worked so damn well. <laughs> Like the the, the 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 archetypal your town sucks kind of thing that they would get. See, but that I always feel like that works better that, though when the person isn't from the country. The best part is they even they they even in a very famous backstage promo like dunked on Canada as well. <laughs> they said I remember it's like Jericho says. Ha, we'll come back to Toronto the next time the Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cup. It's 75 years. <laughs> Canada sucks. <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't. I don't. I. I think it's a really good bit when like foreign, where like foreign wrestlers go around to go like, well, ta this town, this town sucks, and they're not from, they're not from the country. <laughs> I don't know. Someone, someone out there could. Could could say it, but I I love the idea of just like a Canadian or like a a British wrestler or just like who whoever going around and like say for like WWE just being like this town sucks, you suck like <laughs> somewhere in Kansas. <laughs> it works. It's cheap, but goddamn it, it works. It was also at this time, though, that Christian would receive advice and endorsement from one People's Champion after proclaiming himself the new People's Champion and began calling his fans the Peeps. <laughs> yes, he received the blessing from The Rock on an episode of Raw to become the new People's Champion. Yeah, and I don't care what anyone man. says, Peeps is fucking amazing. The peep, the peeps is awesome. <laughs> That's great. This would be the time as well where Christian would cut, would sport a brand new haircut and new ring attire, the more kind of like the, the 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 iconic ring attire that he's best known for nowadays. Can I always just say that long long haired Christian used to freak me out? Would you believe it also freaked Vince McMahon out, believe it or not, during this time? That, that's as, also very, very well known. As during this time, um, if memory serves me correct, Vince thought that Christian had a rat face. 
Yes. And genuinely pitched an idea to which Christian would be seen on TV with a blue dot over his face. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Of which I have to say, I feel like that's very dumb, even just for merchandising purposes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This, of course, would lead to the love triangle storyline that would eventually have Christian and Jericho feud with one another. They were both, both respectively begin, began to court Lita and Trish Stratus. And part of the angle, it was revealed that there was a bet over who could sleep with the respective uh, female first. Of course, Christian with the, with, with the line, Oh, well, I bet you a dollar, Canadian. <laughs> that says you're <laughs> But eventually, uh, Christian would lose. Jericho would eventually continue his relationship with Trish, eventually leading it to being a bit more serious, and resulted in Christian turning on Jericho for being jealous. Yeah. The jealous Fred seeing that he's getting a girlfriend. <laughs> which would lead, of course, to their match at WrestleMania, which I've said on occasion, and I've said on a couple of episodes here, that match is an underrated, underrated match. It, it's, one of, it's one of those, it doesn't need to go as hard as it does. It, the st- the setup for it to be at Mania is a bit silly, you know, a bit so poppery. But then again, when has wrestling ever not been so poppery? I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, that, I think that's just wrestling. <laughs> that is just wrestling. That's just it. <laughs> Which then, of course, we saw the, the 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 sudden but inevitable betrayal of Trish Stratus turning on Jericho to align with Christian. In, I would say one of. I dare I say one of the most kinkiest makeouts I've ever seen on WWE television. <laughs> like, like, the like Christian full on, like pull, like hair pulls Trish into. I'm like, did they think this through? I'm hoping that he consent that 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 that, that he got Christian got consent to do that. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna choose to believe that he did, but also everything contextually just makes it feel really, really weird. <laughs> it really does. This would of course see Christian on a losing streak where Jericho would get his wins back. Uh one in an indigender handicap match. Uh oh, yeah. cage match as well on an episode of Raw. But uh, this would end up leading him to actually sit, end up uh, suffering a really bad, bad back injury and would make him miss four months of action from that cage match. If you watch it, he takes an oh god, he takes an awful bump, which which you can see that yeah, no wonder he got a back injury. Yeah, but eventually after the after that he would return four months later on the on an August episode of Raw, attacking of Jericho, resuming their feud, and eventually would have a ladder match. For the vacant IC title at Unforgiven, which Jericho won, and subsequently ending their feud. This brings us, of course, to 2005 and his alignment with Tyson Tomko and Captain Charisma. I always forget that the whole Captain Charisma stuff started with Tyson Tomko because <laughs> he so feels weird. Tyson Tomko feels like such a wrestling relic. He, yeah. He really, he like no he is definitely of of the mid two thousands. <laughs> oh yeah, 
of his time. But in terms of the of the jacked manage of the jacked muscles of the smarmy heel, yeah, I like Christian and Tomko. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I like him. I like him in like the fact of he he felt so much just like a movie henchman. Like he's yeah. just there just to be big. <laughs> yeah. This is where we saw Christian finally moving up along the card, eventually hitting the upper mid card, and of course he would end up competing or participating in the very first Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 21. Eventually won by his former partner Edge. Yeah. This would in turn lead to an encounter with WWE champion John Cena <laughs> claiming he was a better rapper than Cena and denouncing him as a, as I quote a poser. A what? A poser. poser. Not poser, oh, okay. a poser. Okay. okay. As we all know Christian Cage well-known French Canadian well, well-known... <laughs> this was actually what inspired Drake to start his career. <laughs> then, then Christian might be the greatest monster in all of human history. <laughs> that is the ultimate heel move. <laughs> it's the, it's the ultimate heel move. Now, this was supposed to be setting up. Like, he had gotten over huge at this time as a heel. And a lot of people, even... A lot of people thought that he had the... The talent, the charisma, the in-ring capabilities to be a main eventer in WWE. And this was supposed to set up a match between Cena and Christian for the WWE Championship at Vengeance. But Vince got cold feet because he just didn't think Christian had it in him. And I was going to say, did, did, did Vince just decide that Christian was like three inches too small or something? A lot of those factors, really, as to why Vince really didn't particularly like Christian. And so he made it a triple threat match against Christian and Chris Jericho. Yeah, It just seems so, like, so contextually odd just to be there and be like, mm, yeah, well, I don't know if you can do it. Let's just stick someone else in there as well. Exactly. So it was after that, it kind of his decision was made right there. He knew no matter what he did... No matter how much kind of like like effort he put into his character, the stories, how over he was getting with the crowd, he was never gonna get over the hump of Vince not liking. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And that was his decision to go. You know what? I've been here since two. Uh, like, sorry, been here since nineteen ninety eight, around nineteen eight, ninety nine. I'm gonna take a bet on myself. I'm not re-signing. And so chose to have his contract lapse out and expire. And on the 31st of October, 2005, his contract with WWE expired. Now, according to a lot of people, a lot of journalists, including uh, as well as Dave Meltzer, he was asked on the spot during an event to sign a new contract right there and then. But pretty much straight up said, no. <laughs> Like, no, I'm not signing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this, of course, led him to... Um, led him to uh, eventually end up having a... Uh, a kind of like a, a mini losing streak. But considering that he was booked for a few shows after his contract had expired, he decided only fair to fulfil the rest of his obligations to those 
as um, just to kind of like make sure that, you know, no bad blood. I want to take a chance on myself, but I know I have obligations. I know my contract's running out at this time. I will do these last few matches. I'll yeah. do the episode of Raw. I will also do Taboo Tuesday on November the 1st. Even though, even though I don't think he was actually voted during that one of those matches. Um, during, Sorry, during Taboo, the Taboo Tuesday was all a fix anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But in a spot of relative good genius and good business acumen from Christian, before leaving the company and before his crap contract expiring, he he trademarked the nickname Captain Charisma. See, that's the that's the the business sense. Yep. That's... But. WWE thought they would dispute the trademark claim, citing a provision in the terms of his old contract, which made him, which which were bullshit, um, because he had he had he was well within his rights to trademark Captain Charisma. But that's when he started eventually having the nickname the Instant Classic, but was still allowed in a really nice turnabout way to still keep using the Captain Charisma name in merchandise and entrance gear. Hell yeah. That's the way to do it. So this leads us to undoubtedly his the the, the what paid what paid off for him in terms of taking a chance on himself. His time in TNA. God, what can we say? Like, like Christian's time in TNA was fucking awesome. Oh, it's the fucking best. Like, mm. It, it's it's that thing of like when you get to see that person you really like just really really shine yeah like that was that was the big thing that was why i loved christian's um tna run exactly exactly and he was kind of given the plaudits straight away so two weeks later after his contract had uh, had um had expired he would make his debut at TNA Genesis, under the name, his old ring name, Christian Cage, announcing his intention to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship and rejecting Scott Demore's invitation to join Team Canada. Shout out to Team Canada, by the way. Shout out to Scott Demore, still, still, still going. Yeah, he's still, doing, he's still doing stuff. <laughs> so, of course... This, of course, all came at the expense, unfortunately, of one Monty Brown, which we have talked about. Yes. <laughs> Monty Brown retrospective. Although, again, as I will maintain, that came at his expense because of the existence of a one Mr. Jeff Jarrett, but... <laughs> you know, it is what it is with TNA. You're just trying to have to deal with it. So gosh, right. I'm not. I'm gonna not go too in depth about it, about Christian's TNA career, but I will go over some of my favourite highlights. Now, of course, he was the one to finally defeat the reign of Jarrett <laughs> to to finally win the the NWA World. That's my world champion right there. <laughs> At um, oh god, I can't remember. Was it um, what? It wasn't Turning Point because that's when he. It was against all odds. It was against all odds. Two thousand. I was trying to figure out what to, yeah. what time it would have been, so it wouldn't have been final resolution because that was the tag match where he teamed with Sting, um, where they for the longest time had um, had uh, like Christian's mystery opponent be a scorpion, and it was like, 
I wonder who that could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bro, love the joke I, bro, in Deadlock. I promise. I love the joke the Deadlock boys made when they, when they said, well, it's Dwayne Johnson as the Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't he ain't dead, he ain't the rock, everybody. Hey guys, did you know that relic is killer backwards? <laughs> oh my god. A hundred dev Jarrett's <laughs> Anyway. This of course his first title defense would be at Destination X, where he defeated Monty Brand to retain the title in a really good match. This would lead to his rivalry with Abyss. If you remember, uh, this showed uh, Father James Mitchell invading or stalking uh, Christian's wife and eventually invading their house, to which Abyss tried to drown Christian in his portal. Hon- I... Honestly, honestly, though, when it comes to Abyss, just like they were just giving him everything and anything, so I just like tune out of it. Yeah, although I was obsessed with Abyss. Well, I mean, let, 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 let's throw it up here. Abyss, absolutely clear. Abyss yes. is clear when it comes to like monster wrestlers. I don't care. I'm so glad that Joseph Park is still is like a still it's like a backstage producer at WWE. It's just a shame that that whole part where he was going to be AJ Styles kind of like lackey never came to fruition. Oh, honestly. Yeah. Shout outs to Abyss. We need to do an episode Shout of Abyss. We'll, we'll do, we'll do, we'll we'll do, do the fucking Abyss retrospective. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, of course, would lead to a lethal lockdown match at Lockdown, funnily enough. Uh, this is all the first time that Christian Cage would adopt the frog splash where he decided to jump off the top of the cage to deliver the frog splash. Again, that's my goat right there. <laughs> and eventually this would lead to another match against uh, Abyss at Sacrifice, where he would defeat Abyss to retain the title in the full Metal Mayhem Rules match, which is basically their version of TLC. As you do. Um, eventually, he would lose the title, though, to, believe it or not, it was fucking Jeff Jarrett in the King of the Mountain Oh match. my god, how could it ever be? <laughs> this King of the Mountain match, right, also involved Abyss, Ron Killings, and Sting. <laughs> Like I said, though, that, that period of TNA is the fucking Phantom Zone. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> this would eventually, of course, lead to uh, Christian demanding to have another match at the title. He would end up having a rivalry with Christian uh, with Samoa Joe and Scott Steiner. Eventually, after that, he would end up having a short-term rivalry with Rhino, which ended up being a really good like there's a oh, really great there, match that. at hard justice i was gonna say i remember there being like one really good match in that genuinely a really good match actually no um it was not uh hard justice it was actually sorry that was actually bound for glory under the eight mile street fight rules <coughs> match because get nice. it because rhino's from detroit <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually would then end up having a blow-off match um at a November episode of Impact, where they had a barbed wire six sides of steel cage match. This is what I mean. Like you, you don't get that anywhere else. Uh, for, for reasons that will 
I would say <laughs> if you listen to the TNA retrospective. Well, exactly. I mean, yeah, but you know, like you know what, like <laughs> with, with that kind of attitude, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, chaps, let's talk about the Christian Coalition. Tom Coe would eventually make his debut in TNA in two thousand and like late two thousand and seven. Uh, no, late 2006, sorry. Eventually lining himself back with Christian and then forming an alliance with AJ Styles to form the Christian Coalition. Hell yeah. Eventually, originally called Team Cage, but I think Christian Coalition... No, Christian think... Coalition's infinitely better. <laughs> also, because it's a slight dig at religions as well. <laughs> so... I mean, I think it's better just because, like, oh, come on, Team Cage... Team Cage, really? Exactly. This is where we're at? Come on, we can do better than this. <laughs> I I don't know, there's something about AJ Styles being a, uh, like a, um, being sort of, um, smarmy-esque, smarmy-adjacent to Christian, that kind of worked. Yeah, it, it kind of worked. Not, like, amazingly, because... R- at R- least R- at R- that at least at that time period the best the best heel AJ Styles was just pissed off Georgia boy yes also may um, I add this was around the same time where AJ Styles got married to Karen Angle accidentally <laughs> I mean that's a whole separate thing like I don't even know what to say about that <laughs> but would you know funnily enough right it was during this time of course Christian would end up winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship one more time, once again, within the Christian Coalition. But it was actually because of this time that Christian kind of made TNA lose their association with the National Wrestling Alliance. Well, yeah, because they were doing the whole, like... They're like, we're, we're bigger than the NWA now or something like that. Yeah, basically it? Christian didn't, and, and Plain Straight refused to defend the title at NWA live events. <laughs> and basically it was just like, no, I'm not having more put on my plate and going to bumblefuck nowhere. Well, I was going to say, because in like the middle of like TNA at this point were... Not like at their peak but or anything, but like they were becoming a well known property. Exactly. And, and we're s- doing like small size not like arenas, but you know, they were doing like five to eight thousand mm. kind of gates at the, at their peak. And filming a a weekly T V show, I believe, at this point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're Christian Cage and you're the you're the champion, are you gonna be there and be like, "Oh, cool, I'll go and do an NWA show in like, oh, sorry, we've got like an NWA show over in like Wyoming or something." <laughs> True. If this is gonna take out a bunch of your time and take you off TV for a week, so you can go and do this one show. <laughs> No point, no point. And thus, the TNA World Championship was formed, which Christian ended up um, in a triple threat match between Kurt Angle and Sting, to which, of course, Kurt Angle would end up winning. Eventually, that would lead to Kurt Angle being the champion of everything. Yes, it would lead to that. 
Of course, this would also lead to the Angle Alliance, which was a stable headed by Kurt Angle, briefly by Christian uh, uh, for one night, but also saw AJ and Tomko be part of this alliance, alongside Robert Roode and Jeremy Borash. <laughs> Again, there's so much stuff that you say that just eventually just it sounds normal that it gets to TNA. Yeah, no, TNA is really like you were so you were so far on point, and then Jeremy Borash came in. You, I gotta pause for a second because I gotta like with all of this point. I think it's like it's good to take a step back and kind of go. Was was TNA good for Christian? If I say it wasn't necessarily good for it, like okay, in the grand scheme of things, yes, yeah, <laughs> because functionally, even though we go through all this weird stuff, because of that stint in TNA, he showed people that he could be a promotion leading champion. Mm. But <laughs> the bigger thing is that Christian was very good. For TNA, <laughs> because he made TNA appear competent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if, and I I am briefly going over this because there actually are a lot of good matches Christian did have at this time as well. Like genuinely, really good matches. He had oh, some yeah. banger matches with AJ. Uh, during this time, as well as a really couple of good, great matches with Sting, matches with Rhino and Kurt Angle. So, again, it's nothing kind of like... I'm, I'm only briefly going over it, but he did have some banger matches at this time as well that really solidified him as... Actually, no, he actually is quite a good wrestler. <laughs> um, Of course, we get up to the end of his time, around 2008 time. We're deep into uh, just after Bound for Glory 4, we're getting all of the legends now saying that they're not they're being disrespected by all the new guys in the locker room. Eventually, this would lead to an alliance known as the new as the newly formed Main Event Mafia. Fucking Main Event Which, Mafia. Which guys, I feel like we need to do an episode on the Main we Event can do, Mafia. We as can well. do an episode yeah. on the Main Event Mafia. We definitely can. It's a great name. It's a oh, great it, name. It, the name, the image, all brilliant. Booker T as 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 Black Snow. You know what I want is Black Snow. Oh look at me, oh Booker T, oh Booker T, mean that. Oh look at me, I'm Black Snow, I'm Black Snow. <laughs> Chet Levin and Black. All right, we need, if we're gonna if we're gonna do Main Event Mafia, the next episode has to be that impact where they have Kevin Nash. <laughs> 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 oh look at me, I'm Black Snow. Anyway, um, K Christian would eventually end up losing in in, in a uh, losing effort against Booker T from the newly established TNA Legends Championship. The losing, uh, the the uh, the stipulation was that if Cage lost, he would have to join the Main Event Mafia. So he was uh, his last appearance would be his induction into the Mafia, but then Cage would jump and attacked by Angle, Booker, Nash, and Steiner after learn after Angle learned <laughs> in storyline that he was leaving and potentially going back to the WWE. That was nice. in storyline, by the way. <laughs> Which I find quite funny that they jumped him for that reason. <laughs> this MF trying to leave game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ah, uh, so, saying all of this though, Christian, before he did end up coming back, I do have to preface this by saying during this time in TNA, he did make a couple of appearances in Ring of Honor. He ended up having a tag match, teaming with Colt Cabana to take on Christopher Daniels and Brian Danielson. Now that's that's a that's a appropriately Ring of Honor Phantom Zone booking. It, and the match, believe it or not, fucking awesome. He also had one one noted appearance in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Was this also with Tyson Tomko? No, funnily enough. Now, this was Wrestle Kingdom 2, which was headlined by Kurt Angle versus Yuji Nagata for the TNA World Championship. Now, that's an unfathomably based match. <laughs> and it's fuck. It is fucking awesome. Kurt Angle has even stated on a number of occasions that Yuji Nagata is probably one of his favourite opponents. Oh, yeah. Which is really cool. And especially considering like the matches he had with Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit. That he notes that Yuji Nagata is one of his favourites there as Nagata well. Nagata clear. So cool. But the match he had, he teamed with AJ Styles and little Petey Pump, Petey Williams, to defeat Rise. Yes. Oh my god. Milano Collection AT, Minoru, and Prince Devitt. <laughs> now, again, fucking, that's Phantom Zone shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's so crazy that Christian... That, 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 that it was that match that Christian made his one and only appearance for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh my god. This brings us to 2009 and to his run and his return to the WWE via WWECW. February 10th, ECW. Jack Swagger is in the ring. ECW, newly minted ECW champion, and proclaiming that no one can defeat him. But who should enter and return? Then, in the words of Tom Grisham, it's Christian! Now, there are very few times I've ever heard an announcer just no-sell someone's appearance <laughs> than fucking Todd Grisham at that moment. It's Christian. <clears throat> It's, it's, it's just it's Christian. <laughs> it it really it really is just a really they brought him back, huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's literally like it's literally just like oh, it's him. Cool. How dare you, Todd Grisham? How dare you? <laughs> that said, though, this did start a rivalry with Swagger, which eventually would culminate in Christian winning the ECW Championship. And what a reign it was. <laughs> Eventually losing it to Tommy Dreamer, though. <laughs> hey, look, you gotta give you gotta give the nostalgia heads a go, right? Yep. True, true. He did, right, so during this time, oh, God, I wish I could say more about this, but there's not really a lot to go on. Of course, his rivalry with Jack Swagger did produce that ECW Championship run. He did have a rivalry with William Regal, which did end up 
uh, with him with as with the title in a really good match at SummerSlam. Uh, I say really? really good match with sarcasm with sarcasm because it only lasted about fucking ten seconds. Yeah, they well the problem was was they just kept giving their thing with ECW was just like cool you get to exist. Eventually, though, they did actually have the, they did run it back at breaking point, and they actually did. They go did. 10 Unfortunately, minutes, so. it was at breaking point. So yeah, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, he would end up defending and retaining the title against Zack Ryder, Yoshitatsu. Hell yeah! Now, when we're talking Zack Ryder, we're talking the the one legged long type with the one trunk type. We're talking like that's yeah. original Zack Ryder. <laughs> Shelton We're Benjamin, talking. he would end up having a small rivalry with. Eventually, he would end up being part of Team Kingston in the Survivor Series elimination match at Survivor Series 2009, uh, where he was eliminated by Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eventually, of course, his team would eventually do win the match. And on the very last episode of ECW TV... Christian would lose the ECW Championship in an Extreme Rules match to the most noted man in all of Extreme Championship Wrestling. When that, when you mention those three letters, only one man comes to mind. Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah. I don't know what they were going for with that, but... Really just sums up ECW in that time, huh? <laughs> It really the, the worst part about it, though, is that they could have just had Christian just be just oh, just end the title and just a proper workhorse champion. Mm. But they were like, nah, don't worry, we've got a plan that we will not follow two months later. So what was Christian doing shortly after this? He would eventually re-sign with the Raw brand. And, well, for most of the time, he ended up being a pro on the very first season of NXT, mentoring Heath Slater. Now used to being in the league, baby! <laughs> but, his good luck and good fortune would turn around in 2011. Unfortunately, at the cost, really, of the, of his, uh, of his uh, best friend, lifelong friend, Edge, unfortunately retiring suddenly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Due, to the, due to his neck injury. Um... Dang it. Right, I hate because I hate talking about Edge's first time uh, like retiring because it was so sudden as well and out of nowhere. Yeah, you know, it sucks so much. Mm. I think we kind of forget how much it sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no one was happy. <laughs> no one was happy with this. Oh, eventually this led us to a twenty-man battle royal on SmackDown. Where the uh, where the winner would face uh, Alberto Del Rio for the vacant World Heavyweight Championship at Extreme Rules. There couldn't have been no. It's like with Christian there, there was no one else that could have won it other than him. It made storyline sense that if, yeah, if they, you were going to put it, they, on... they shouldn't have given it to anyone else. Unfortunately, they actually pulled the trigger, and in Extreme Rules, Christian would actually defeat Alberto Del Rio in a ladder match to win the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm so happy they did that. It's just a shame two weeks later, they made him lose it to Randy Orton. Yeah. It was BS. Yeah. And eventually this would lead to Christian. I would admit, 
Christian having some really good matches with Randy Orton. Those, those Randy Orton matches go hard. I'm sorry. I don't care what people say. The but, one where hmm. they do the thing where... And to be fair, it, it, it's grim. Uh, I think it's the one where Christian spits in Randy Orton's face. Mm. Dude, that the ending to that goes so hard. Yes, the RKO to the steel steps. Oh, yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> of course, that would end to that. It would end with like they would have some steel cage matches, no holds barred matches, uh, money in the bank. He would end up winning the, uh, the World Heavyweight Championship for a second and final time. Um, after Autumn was disqualified for kicking him in the groin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, this unfortunately led us to an awful segment on Monday Night Raw of Miz TV, where the Miz, Artroth, and Christian would end up bickering with one another and eventually have a freeway sound off of them saying, Riley, Randy, Riley, Randy, Jimmy. Oh, God. Do you remember little Jimmy? Do you remember Miz's rivalry with Alex Riley? Uh, I I remember little Jimmy. Were... I un I I, unfo I unfortunately remember who Alex Riley is. <laughs> unfortunately, and well, after this, it becomes a little bit more sporadic. Is that Christian was kind of popped into the mid card of um of the company pretty much straight after he would eventually end up having a couple of matches or title opportunities here and there um for the ic title world title but nothing really of note as to what he what he was or where he started when he came back um a lot of that you could probably chalk down to um to the story to the to the way he was booked at the time but it was unfortunately during this time as well that Christian was kind of becoming a bit um, picking up injury after injury, which was a shame. And he would end up eventually ending up having a, a number of concussions during this time. Mm. And unfortunately in 20, well, I think it was 20, around 2014, 2019 time, uh, this was when it was really getting uh, bad for him. And, oh, sorry about that. And eventually, because of the so many concussions that he was getting one after the other after the other, he didn't want to end up in a position where it would really have a detrimental effect on the rest of his life and decided to, you know what, no, 20, like, like 2016 or 20, yeah, 2016 time, yeah, that's it. I, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this, put myself at risk anymore because... You know, I I want to I want to be able to kind of be to live and to keep my head on my neck. <laughs> I mean, that's generally a good thing to do. <laughs> so it was, he was quietly retired. It wasn't like a huge kind of deal that was made out of it, but it basically it was like Christian quietly retired from from the business and from the industry. Um, but he it wasn't kind of like a one and done. Like as soon as he was he retired, he wasn't he wasn't there anymore. It was because of this, though, that he ended up doing a lot more kind of creative stuff within the company. Um, let's talk about Edge and Christian's Pod of Awesomeness, which is an unrated, underrated podcast. It's very good. And really? of course, we got the network exclusive Edge and Christian show, which I will maintain. I think the Edge and Christian show that reeks of that totally reeks of awesomeness was actually a lot of fun. 
Yes, it was. And again, just them two being absolute fucking goofballs. Like, they want... I mean, the, the amount of people they managed to, like, wrangle in for the show was amazing. They got Virgil to come in to one episode. <laughs> Actually, a number of episodes. Virgil was a running gag for the show. <laughs> But they had Virgil almost stealing the million dollar championship from the WWE warehouse. They had, for a guy who had not been there since 2001, they managed to wrangle Pete Gass in to do a spot about the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> I'm telling you, they had AJ Styles in after shortly after he debuted, where they took the piss out of TNA. <laughs> like, will WWE ever talk about my time in TNA? No, no one talks about that company. You're not allowed to. <laughs> Again, I appreciate it. But with all of this, he would eventually end up having little bit spots here and there. He would he would induct the Dudley Boys into the Hall of Fame. He would end up having the Peep Show, his talk show segment, on every so often. In terms of the modern day talk shows, guys, uh, The Cutting Edge... The, the Peep Show, Carlito's Cabana, The Highlight Reel. Which one sticks out the most to you in terms of remembrance? Because I would probably say Highlight Reel. Yeah, Highlight Reel. Yeah, yeah. God, do you remember Carlito's Cabana? No. <laughs> it was a bit... No, they literally had a beach set with, like, inflatable oh, I'm sure they did. And I'm sure that they did. Beach balls and hammocks every... <laughs> but you can't keep a guy down for too long. He would end up during the pandemic era of WWE end up having an unsanctioned match against Randy Orton. Um, after her receiving no in uh, offense during the match and being yeah. low blowed by Ric Flair uh, and a punt kick for his troubles, that was all that that was all the physicality Christian could muster. <laughs> But that was a whole thing when that happened. But in the 2021 Royal Rumble, entering at number 24, who should return to the ring? But flipping Christian. And hell yeah. I oh, remember yeah. I remember chatting to you guys. Wasn't it just so fucking cool to see him back in the ring and back with Edge as well, who had just <laughs> Oh, it was back. the best. Oh, it was so good. It was so fucking amazing. And we we all figured, you know what? If they want to run it back one more time, I wouldn't yeah. be angry with it. No. But it was reported shortly the day after, it was reported that he was no longer under contract with WWE. Ain't I do crazy? appreciate the, the effort, though, of him just being like, yeah, I'm just going to pull up for this one time. Fucking, that's it. I'm, Ain't it I'm crazy just, to think? I'm like, going to surprise my boy real quick and then go, go home. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't it crazy to think when you look back that two months later he would be in AEW? <laughs> it, it's so weird. It's weird as hell. And I'm so like kind of glad that he, that in a, in a way that I'm so glad that he did because honestly, I think this run he's been on so far has been tremendous. It's been oh, so yeah. good. So damn good. So of course he sets up a friendship and and and, and a king kingship with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus during uh, the Casino Battle Royal match at Double or Nothing. I think I like. I, for some reason I love that pairing purely because 
not only like in kayfabe, but in real life, Christian is a massive fan of Luke Perry. <laughs> what really? Yeah, he loves. Even even though the promos might not make you seem that way, he is. <laughs> he is a giant fan of Luke Perry. God bless him. Fascinating. Hence why he wanted to work with Jungle Boy. <laughs> I wow. Just, I love that. I love that for him as well. Of course, I did... this... Sorry, I did... I'm still in shock. I did not know that. Yeah, he was a massive fan and of now... 90210. And now he's been cutting promos like, Hi, Jungle Boy. I am glad that your dad is dead. <laughs> Jesus in turtleneck sweat, in turtleneck sweaters as well, may we add. Yes. <laughs> so, this of course with AEW as well sees him have this like really good rivalry with Kenny Omega, which would see him strip Omega of the Impact Wrestling Championship, holding that for the very first time in about gosh, oh gosh, since two thousand and seven, he held, he got that title in twenty twenty one and held the, and not yeah. held that title since two thousand and seven, which crazy. <laughs> Um, but that of course sets up for um for All Out 2021, which he had that banger of a match against Omega, which we said, God, those stem cells are working great. <laughs> and I said, I need some of those stem cells. Honest to God, when are we gonna get those stem cells? I get those stem cells and my knees are probably fixed. <laughs> oh man. And of course now, re more recently. He's been putting on probably his best heel work, I think, to date. Oh, unreal. Jungle Boy. Like I said, though, it, it, it's the way he sounds so smarmy. Yeah. And so, like, happy with himself. Just caught, Because, again, all he's basically just doing is going to Jungle Boy. He's just going, your dad is dead. I'm happy about this. <laughs> but, like, fuck, it works. People have 15 minute promos trying to get their point across. Christian has to go, fuck your dad. <laughs> oh. I need one of the I need one of those video memes where it's just like Can I have what can I have it with like Roman Reigns cutting a long promo mm. and then just like really loads of really small text on one side and then the other side is just Christian just Christian and just says like your dad's dead. Lol. <laughs> it's a sticks on like bring me the horizon on over it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just a shame that Cage hasn't been like Christian hasn't been as physical because he has been dealing with a lingering arm injury this time <clears throat> during the rivalry. So it hasn't. We haven't seen too many physical encounters. In fact, I think the very first lot prolonged encounter with those with Jungle Boy and Christian was at Revolution in that final burial match. Yeah. Which. Which is great purely for the visual of once Jungle Boy closes the casket, that fucker just fall like it just close. It's not a slow descent. It's like Christian gets look like gets just he just falls. He just falls with all the force into the ground. I wonder if the people, because I know there is a gif of it somewhere. Yeah. Of Jungle Boy just sh shutting the casket and then there's like, the casket just going. <laughs> I'll eventually find it for you, chap. But no, I just it's just such a funny visual to see, and that 
is where Christian is at the moment because he hasn't made a return to TV at the moment. The rivalry with Jungle Boy has ended. Jungle Boy, of course, is now within the uh, within the main event uh, title scene, uh, mm-hmm. along with Sammy Guevara and Darby Sammy Allen. Guevara. Sammy Guevara. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where we have left in Christian's career. I mean, I do know that he's um he's still kind of recovering from the arm injury. We don't know if this is going to be his last time as, a, as an active um, competitor in, although I would like to see him have one more go at the wheel. Um, man, if it was like one more match with Edge, if there was the way, if there was a way to make that happen, Edge, I would love give, to see it. Give him the money, do the, do the WrestleMania match, retire Edge, full circle. Everyone will be happy. Literally everyone will be happy. Yeah, pretty much. But the dude's had an amazing career. As a career of perseverance, if if anything. I mean, after being told that, oh yeah, we're going to replace your face with a blue dot. <laughs> yeah, after being told you're not good enough, and like being there and facing the matter of like people not believing in you, like it's unreal to then get to that point and just be showing out your absolute best. Because like I've said it, it's like Christian is brilliant. Mm. It's just a matter of when people realise that he's br- that he's brilliant. Exactly. Exactly. I will always defend Christian as a, as a really as like as a top tier as a top tier wrestler and should be there and should receive his plaudits just as much as Edge does. And I, I don't care what anyone else says. <laughs> all I can ask is, are you happy, Niall, Dan? Are you happy now? Yes, I am. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy, sweetie. <laughs> so yeah, that is where we end today's episode. That was quite a lot of fun, if you ask me. I quite enjoyed going over Christian's career like that. Fascinating career. <laughs> oh yeah. Fascinating, fascinating career. <sighs> All right, chaps. It's time to talk about... Uh, a dominating and revered structure in the world of professional wrestling is on our next episode. We're going over the history of the Elimination Chamber. It's about time we did this one. About time Mm -hmm. we talked about how in one fell swoop, Triple H was not given war games, but was sort of given war games at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and did he pay for it with his larynx? Uh, (laughs) But we'll get to that on our next episode. Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chin Rank Podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. See you. That's another instant classic.